From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Patcher ready to the point for a McNabb drive. That misses the net. Goes into the far corner. Now another chance. Score! Stevenson finds Pacioretty. 2-0 Vegas. Pacioretty is back on the ice and back on the board. His 16th goal, his 30th point in his 30th game of the season. Knights coming ahead. Left to right down the middle. A chance. It is into the goal. Dodonov busting right down the slot. Vanelka looked like he might have stopped it. He sprawled out, but the puck was in the net. And the Knights take a 3-1 lead. Dodonov sends it out to center. Here's Eichel all alone. Eichel left circle to right. He shoots. Scores! Jack Eichel, 11th goal of the season, comes in his 400th NHL game. Four goals in four games for Jack Eichel. 6-1 Vegas. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Back here, Cofield and Company, wrapping things up on this Monday. Adam Hill and Willie Ramirez. The WNBA draft is going on. The Aces had pick eight. Okay, forward from the University of Colorado, Maya Hollingshed. We'll get you updated on whatever else they plan to do throughout the draft. She was a all, I'm looking at her bio from Colorado. I don't know much about her at the top of my head. 2021 All-Pac-12, I see that. Okay, good. It's a good start. We'll see what else the Aces do here in the draft as they try to uh, continue building on one of the best franchises in the league with a whole new coach, Becky Hammond, and see what they continue to do here in the draft. We'll keep you updated on that. But it's time for us to jump to the Big Five. Battle Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. And I guess that could have been number five, but there's things going on with all of the teams here in Southern Nevada. We talked about the Golden Knights. We'll get into them a little bit later as well. Uh, what they still need to do, a little under 50% chance of making the playoffs, but they are right on the heels of the LA Kings, a chance to actually overtake them tomorrow should they win in Vancouver and the Kings lose in Chicago. Uh, but the Raiders are back at it. There's no such thing as the offseason in the NFL. Offseason conditioning began with teams with new coaches and a couple other circumstances that are allowed uh, to get started a little bit earlier than everybody else. And the Raiders, no on-field practice, nothing we can view, no availability that we can go out there and get sound from. But uh, they are back in the building, and we saw the photos of players arriving today before the crack of dawn, Willie. Sure. Derek, Derek Carr was out there. Does that surprise you? Uh, no. Um, I mean, that, it wasn't it. Was it Devontae's? I think it was Devontae's IG story when they were working out. They were working out. They were in the. They were in there. And you know, Derek, he he makes a big. He 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 pointed that out last year. I think it was during the training camp, and that he puts a lot. I don't think he's got to put Devontae Adams to the test. I mean, they were college teammates, but it, it, where he puts. Guys to the test. Last year was he, you know, big emphasis with Andre James and in getting them up and not just showing up, saying yeah, I'll show up, and then showing up and then kind of just falling off. But 5 a.m. workouts, and if they can, you know, withstand the captain's 
early AM workouts. Sure. And so, cool seeing uh, Chandler Jones arrive. I mean, he's been in the building before, obviously, to sign his contract and things like that. But he was arriving today, all the players. And I think one of the big questions, it wasn't, uh, listen, I don't think it's really been out there, but I think there was some question. Would Darren Waller be there with no guaranteed money left on his contract? And he was. He was there today uh, out working out. So it sounds like pretty much the entire team made it into offseason conditioning. The first uh, under uh, Josh McDaniels and staff. Uh, are you caught up on All-American? No. Okay. Yeah, I'm still I'm still trying to get through uh, gemstones. What's what, what season are you on of All-American? Three? Well, if you remember, where are we at? We're on four now? Yeah. Second half so of season So if you remember four. what I had told you, I was on three, and then, but the problem was I was trying to watch it during the season. Right. And, and that was his big mistake. And then I never got to binge it with no commercials. Then I got caught up on all these shows between you and Cofield throwing these shows at me. I just can't do it, man. I can't keep up. Now I got winning time and gemstones. I only got so much time in the day and to absorb all the storylines. And next thing you know, I'll have, you know, Judy gemstone with someone from Compton in all American. I mean, it's, you know, I just can't. Ari's yelling at me, saying it's lot. unacceptable. There's a lot going on. I was just going to make the uh, the kind of comparison, as you mentioned, getting there early. Um, man, spoiler spoiler place. alert. Sorry, but uh, no. Sp- Spencer's playing college football now. Okay. And he's having a tough time. Adju- First of all, it's completely ridiculous because he obviously is one of the top high school players in the country, and he gets to college, and they're like treating him like a walk on, and they're like, "Why are you even here?" Ridiculous. Where's he going? So Where'd he choose? I'm not giving. I'm not giving that part away. Shut up. Uh, but the coach, the coach, the coach is you know getting on him a little bit, and Spencer's waking up every day at 6 a.m. and he's got a routine, and they they give him a schedule like be up at six and go and work out, and he realizes, oh, you got to do more. So then he starts waking up at 4 a.m. because it's not enough to get up when everybody else gets up at six. He's got to work harder than everybody, just like Derek Carr and the Raiders. I was tying it all together. Nice. <laughs> Number four. What were you going to say? We cut you off there. I said, no, nice. I like the way you did that. Okay. Well, That's I all I was going to say. Making the tie. Poor, poor Spence. Sure. Poor Spence. Uh, there's, so much, there's, just, there's always so much going on in his life. There's just there's something every day. It's drama all the time. Um, no, no, I was not going to say speak, <laughs> speaking of drama. Uh, yeah, I guess. Why not? Um there was drama with the Canadians and a former goal of the night. Should I, I'll just do this. Nick Suzuki got a get got a kid kicked out of the arena. Number <laughs> number three. No, there was a reason. Uh, Nick Suzuki tossed a puck to a kid. Yeah. You know, hey, the kid has a sign. He wants a puck. Here you go. Former goal of the night. Nick Suzuki tosses him a puck. And the, all right, the clumsy kid misses it. And the puck hits him in the face and cuts his lip open. Right. Uh, I was going to say Nick Suzuki fired the puck at him and hurt him. Um, no, but because he felt bad, he busted the kid's lip open. He's bleeding. Nick Suzuki says, you know what? I'm going to reward this kid. Here's not only the puck. Here's a stick. I'm going to sign him for you. Uh, hope you feel better. Sorry that you're bleeding. That sounds like a nice story. And it's, then. Yeah. To feel good. Sure. So we just leave it at that. I mean, so then, no, I was gonna say, so we just leave it at he's got, he's got a stick, he's got a puck. Good for the kid, right? 
Uh, yeah. Until but until the security comes over. Well, apparently, Adam, in this arena, you are not allowed to have a stick with you in the stands. Well, it sounds like a dangerous security issue. It is. In in uh, Scotiabank Arena, they're not allowed to have a stick with them in the stands and would have to leave the game if they wanted to keep Suzuki's gift. So Suzuki gives the kid a stick. Security comes over and says, hey, that's great, kid. You got a stick. Either you give it back or you'll get the hell out of here. I love the way that you are just twisting. <laughs> that's what and- happened. It's exactly what happened, but the you see how I said it, and then the tone that you add to it is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. um, so basically, Nick Suzuki got this kid kicked out of the arena. The kid, so the kid had a sign though saying, "Can I have a selfie and a puck?" And he throws it over the glass like we see all the time. The clumsy the, kid the, can't catch. Can't catch. <laughs> and it leads to him getting kicked play out. Enough, play catch with him, and here's what I'm wondering. I mean, just honestly. I mean, it's it, it is a it's hard rubber and everything, but I mean, how? Well, I guess yeah, because it's a, it's coming down and the weight of it. I mean, because it, it, he showed the here they put four pictures. The dad did. He said thanks, but we had to leave. The dad tweeted it out with four pictures and the busted lip. Suzuki took the picture, and then, like you said, when he gave him the stick, and and you know, I I, I was sitting there trying to picture from Gold Knights games. We never really do see the sticks given out before a game. So no, I guess that's the reason. There. They got to go. wait till afterwards. You're good. So get, get the hell out of wanna... here, kid. Now, here's my question. <laughs> when this was taking place, don't you think maybe due diligence for this little kid, for the fans, dad, son, dad night, how about security who has free reign, right? Guy like my man Tom Monahan. For the Golden Knights, in charge of security for the entire team, they you reach out to the charge of security and say, "Hey, here's a problem. Here's the situation. Can we leave this behind the bench? Can we put this in the tunnel? Can we put this away for the blah blah blah? And then after the game, we'll retrieve it for you. How much of a problem so would that have been? What you're saying is the little tiny bit of power that these guys have. You want to take it away from them? How could you? Number three. Did you – I don't know if you watched the video that I retweeted last night, Willie. If not, you can check it out now. I'm going. There is – I was intrigued by this when I saw it on the rundown and I didn't get a chance. Yeah, I, I retweeted it last night. Fascinate me. Uh, there's an alligator crossing the street. I think Sean actually tweeted at me. Maybe Brady. I'm not sure. Uh, was Brady? Brady or Sean. One of our wonderful listeners here at Cofield & Company tweeted at me. Uh, I retweeted and just said, nah. Uh, there's an alligator crossing the street. By the way, a three-footed alligator. One of his feet is missing. Uh, so I don't even know how he's walking as well as he is. Because you don't need a foot. If you're an alligator. You just do what you do. Crosses the street. A guy is filming from his car. As the alligator crosses the street, he goes underneath the car. He must, like, lift up. Because you don't see the alligator anymore. He's gone. He must, like, lift up. And he shakes the entire car and then just keeps walking along on his way. Uh, I assume this is Florida. It's one of the reasons I don't want to go to Florida ever, why I would move if I lived in Florida. If I see an alligator crossing the street, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not living there anymore. 
so I lived in Plantation, Florida from March 1982 till December 1982. We went from the <laughs> desert to the tropics to the tundra of Minneapolis. And we lived in some townhomes which were connected to condos and there was a canal that ran through it. And my stepfather, for whatever reason, would take me down behind the condos and we would stand up the bank and he would throw rocks and bricks oh. at the gator that was growing in the canal because it, it stayed down by the condo. And you and it would come up with these choppers I'm showing you in the screen. Just come up and sideways just watch and uh the one thing they teach you when you're not from or the south or around there is if you are ever in a situation because we would fish in that canal whatever if you're ever in a situation there and they're coming and they start running did you see toward the end of that video how fast it was moving even with three feet yeah can you imagine four it moved they move very fast because their feet are so you're supposed to run zigzag yeah because they can't run zigzag yeah. So you can you can get away from it quicker if you run zigzag. You know um, you can get away quicker? Move. Yes. Yeah. I had no problem leaving Florida. Um, absolutely have, want no parts of alligator other than eating them. Have you ever had gator? Yeah, but I'll, yeah, I'll find other things to eat. I don't need to live around them. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's I saw okay that video. I, what, I don't know about filming either. What's the big deal? But whatever. No, I'm out. Number two. A much better film is Winning Time. But that's it. Uh, Winning Time, a new episode last night. God, that show was good. Every single show was amazing. But there's growing controversy around Winning Time. Of people, I'm not caught up on that, by the way. Oh, Disappointing. You don't have to be for, for this <laughs> conversation. Um, growing number of people around the team are saying, well, certain things are not accurate, not you know portrayed the way that they actually happened. A couple of things on this. First of all, we have talked about they're going to take creative license. Like certain things that happened in without without spoiling something that happened, they are they're just about to find out some really really bad news, and they have a conversation between uh, who's it, Paul Westhead and um, Pat Riley that relates to the bad news that is about to happen. I'm sure they had a similar conversation at some point. It wasn't right before they found out the bad news. Like, I'm sure those things are done. You know, we talked earlier about a Pat Riley conversation that had hap actually happened two years before the filming of, before the time period in the show. Well, like, they did that for the purposes of, of, a, of a show where you don't have to flash back. You just say, well, let's just say it happened here. And, like, not everything's accurate. And the other right. part of this it is based off a book that was accurate for the most part from everything that we've heard. And that book, the author did talk to a lot of people because I've seen guys like Magic Johnson say, well, if we're not involved, how real could it be? You had the opportunity to be. And everyone around you, for the most part, participated in this book. And so it was your choice to not be a part of this. Stop whining. Yeah, he, he, he emphatically denied to be a part, right? He, he declined, sure. I should say, emphatically yeah, declined. to be a part of the book. And now now everybody, but so, you know, hundreds of people talk on the record for this book, and you're like, well, you didn't talk to me, so it can't be real. Well, they tried. And, by the way, this is everyone around you that did talk for the book. So I, I'm guessing it's probably a more accurate picture than you would think. And he's letting on. Yeah, of course. That's what happens Night. in books. 
Sure. By the way, deny, you deny, deny. Yeah, you don't come across well. Maybe you should have treated people better or acted better around them. Like that's that's the issue. And by the way, magic doesn't come off bad. I don't think. It doesn't come so I mean, far it's through. Not great. No, so far through uh, through the episode I'm up to, which is basically I still got to finish last week and then watch this week, which I'll probably knock out tonight. Um, other than his original treatment of Cookie, you know, that phone call, that conversation he made, you know, with, I mean, in that regard. It gets worse. <laughs> no, just, well, I, oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> I know. And he's got another girlfriend, and it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's not... It's not good. Well, obviously, it gets a little obviously. worse. Last night's episode, uh, it takes it does take a t turn for magic, but still, again, in these cases, when people are working on things, talk to them. Even if even if you want to give, you know, just your side, and you don't want to be honest about it, at least talk to them. Get your get your take out there. That's a way to avoid uh, that in some of these. Well, Lakers, their past is being retold on winning time. Their future is going to be determined very soon. We'll get into. The Lakers and what's going on there. Rosh Markazi joins us in about 10 minutes. But first, $50 gift card to Vegas Sports and Hockey Now. Open in Centennial. Vegas Sports and Hockey Now open in Centennial. Punctuation matters. <laughs> and, and get qualified to win a grand prize, which includes a two-night stay, accommodations for April 28th and 29th at Treasure Island, hotel and casino, parking, and dinner at Gillies Las Vegas during the draft. That is unbelievable opportunity that you have. Caller 6, 364-1100. You'll get that. You'll get the prize and get qualified for the grand prize. 364-1100. Caller number 6. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Well, I came here to win a championship, and I want to win more. So I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, but I'm still hungry for more. So, you know, I'm confident that this organization wants the same as what this organization has always been about. And, you know, I also want to just change the narrative of how this franchise can compete at a high level again. Now, back to Cofield & Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 Back here, Cofield & Company. Arash Markazi coming up in just about five minutes talk about some of what is going on with the Lakers and what he's been up to lately. I know I saw him down at, well, I didn't see him. I saw some social media from him down at WrestleMania and so much other stuff. He's always getting into something. So we'll get into that with Arash. Uh, update on the WNBA draft. We talked about earlier Maya Hollingshed going to the Aces. Now, according to Ari, and if this is wrong, blame him, not me. I have no idea. He's just writing it up on the board. Kirsten Bell, who I think was the star of several movies, including <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, not that, not that Kirsten Bell. Kirsten Bell from Florida Gulf Coast. I just read a quick story where uh, going into the draft, she was expected to be a top 10 pick. She wasn't. Pick 11 by the Aces. So we'll get you updated more and more on their picks. But uh, we were... Doing the Big Five, we left off at number one. Uh, the Lakers, the big story. What is going on? It's a mess. And, you know, we talked to JVT a little bit ago, Willie, about, um, you know, their list of targets maybe a little, I don't know, uh, pie in the sky. 
uh, maybe a little ambitious uh, for, you know, trying to go after like somebody like Nick Nurse. Uh, and then there's this Brian Windhorst nugget that says the idea of LeBron teaming up with Luka Doncic is, quote, something that you should put in your back pocket. So who knows what's going on with the future of the Lakers? It's a mess, though. It is because it, it it's hard when you have a guy like LeBron James who's out there saying at different times, you know, who he wants to play with or who he'd like to play with. You know, last week, what was it? Steph Curry. Um, it, it, and trying to mash these superstars together. But in my opinion, at this point, it's these are last-ditch efforts to get him a title. And I just don't know if the answer is out there in terms of just bringing in one guy to, or, you know, teaming. I, I mean – I'm not convinced that bringing him in, bringing Doncic in would. That's it. Okay, Lakers are the favorite. They're going to win it. You know, I mean, well, who even these knows who story... would be with the Lakers? Huh? Who even knows? Oh, who yeah. would be with the Lakers. Yeah, we don't know if it's going to be with the Lakers. It would be. It could be somewhere else. Maybe they're meeting in Cleveland. Yeah, maybe, How many times have Dallas. we heard that storyline? Maybe it could be in Dallas. Yeah. You know, Mark Cuban. Um, but the storylines are going to continue all off season, or I mean, I, and what 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 I really don't want is these LeBron stories and these Laker coaching stories to overtake the NBA playoffs. I because do. I like the I like the offseason much better than I like the season. But it's not the offseason yet. It is. <laughs> LeBron is the offseason. Well, we'll find out what could happen. Uh, we'll talk to uh, Rosh Markazi, Mr. LA, Mr. Vegas, whatever he wants to call himself now. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. It's time to move on. It's time to talk about other teams that need our attention. I don't want to talk about LeBron, Russ, Anthony Davis. They are one of the biggest, if not the biggest, disappointments in NBA history. Let them sit back and think about what they did wrong. Go in timeout. And please, let's just stop. Not you guys, but I got to talk to my producer. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 We heard that and decided we need more Lakers talk. We need to talk about them more. We need to really, really focus on them uh, even more when people don't want to hear about them. Adam Hill, William Ramirez here, Cofield and Company on this Monday. Uh, you know our next guest. You don't have to even introduce him, but Arash Markazi, you can follow him up on Twitter. Check out themorningcolumn.com as well. Hear his show on 1090 The Mightier and so many other places. It's the most self-indulgently named show of all time, the Arash Markazi Show. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I am great. Great to be back on in my city. Your city. Uh, true or false? <laughs> true or false? You call yourself Mr. Las Vegas, but... I don't. That's but... Hold on. But your brother actually likes me more than he likes you. You're probably right about that. My my brother adores you, and I'm like, you don't understand. This is not a good person. We can't <laughs> keep hanging out with Adam Hill in Las Vegas, but you did not steer him wrong. He was in Las Vegas for his bachelor party and had an amazing time. It was a good time, for sure. Uh, not a good time in Lakers land, Arash. No. Um, this, this is a mess. How big of a mess is, is it right now? It's 
it's uh, catastrophic on multiple levels. So number one, not only was the Russell Westbrook experiment a colossal failure, but it's one that that, that you can't really just, uh, just hit the delete button and forget. I mean, to trade Russell Westbrook, they're going to have to part with perhaps one, maybe two first-round picks. They're really not in a position to be trading multiple first-round picks. Um, and then... Like even at that point, like what are you gonna get? Are you gonna get a a, a third star? Probably not. Uh, this is definitely a, a, a like a deletion. Uh, like they, it, it's, it's an addition by sub, by sub, by subtraction. They cannot have Russell Westbrook on this team next year. Number two, the coach. It's gonna be really hard to find a coach who's gonna want to um, accept the terms that the Lakers have. I mean, it was amazing when Frank Vogel took this job because if you remember, guys, they really lowballed him, which he was fine with, and they said, we are going to handpick your assistants. They gave him Jason Kidd. He'd never worked with Jason Kidd before. He, they gave him Lionel Hollins. He had never worked with Lionel um, Hollins. It worked in 2020. They won a championship. But what coach is going to accept those turns? And if you remember... When they hired Frank Vogel, their top two choices, Monty Williams, Ty Lue, two of the top coaches in this league right now. They could have had them. They low-balled both of them, and they lost those two guys. Oh, you speak about the coaching situation. I, I read a story, and I'm sure, I don't know if they could lure him away, but I, I believe it was on a Lakers blog, one of the uh, writers out there, had mentioned and threw out the name Juwan Howard. Have you heard that? Is that a potential? Is I mean, the, how how? Let me ask you this: How attractive in 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 the state that the organization is in, with with everything you just mentioned, especially with Russell and LeBron at the very tail end of his career? How attractive is this head coaching job right now? So it's a huge. I mean, I'm going to say something huge if. If LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy, you're talking about two of the top five players in the league. Huge if. Why? Because Anthony Davis missed half this season. He's hurt constantly. But if they're healthy, you're talking about two of the top five players in the league. That puts you in the conversation to uh, win the championship. You know, I don't know what the futures in Vegas will, will, will be. But if they, re, if, they re, if they bring back those two guys, those two are, uh, you know, one of the top three picks going in next season so if you're Jawan Howard that's a huge opportunity for you to get not only a job in the NBA but really being a part of a championship contending team uh you're you're gonna hear the name Nick Nurse uh listen he's a clutch sports client like when you think of any of the players that they're gonna bring in or the coaches that they're gonna talk to it all goes back to clutch sports because while LeBron James wanted to distance himself from the uh decisions that the team will make this team right now is run effectively by Rich Paul, Clutch Sports, LeBron James. Now, it worked for them in 2020. Again, they won the, the uh, championship. But two of the years that LeBron James has been here, they have not made the playoffs. So, Ross Markazi joining us here on Cofield and Company, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez. Uh, I guess, what is the next... What is the next step? Do they have to hire a coach first? They have to make decisions on what the roster is going to look like. How do you think this offseason goes? And uh, do you think do you think the Lakers are? How do you? I guess how would you analyze an organization that right now is obviously in some disarray? It has kind of a quite a huge question hanging over their future. 
but they are still kind of the talk of the league, even though they're irrelevant. That's crazy. Well, you you talked about it, and I totally agree with you, which I rarely do. This is the <laughs> offseason because LeBron James is not playing. The, the league needs LeBron James to be in the postseason, and it is amazing to me that they did not even make this uh, play-in tournament game as the number 10 seed. Um, okay, so my view is they first have to hire the coach. I, they cannot let this thing linger again they they will take their their time there's no rush effectively because you know we're, we're still uh you know the, we, we just finished up the season i think that they do need to bring in a coach and it's gonna have to be a coach that the players are going to respect i mean frank vogel i think is still a very good coach he lost the locker room they failed to listen to him he's a defensive coach they were one of the worst defensive teams so they got to hire a coach and Russell Westbrook. And I don't know what they have to part with to part with him. I think that's going to be the worst part about this, whether it's a package of Taylor Horton Tucker, a very young, talented player who just turned 21 years old and a first round pick. Uh, but you, you are still in a position with two of the top five and even two of the top 10 players in the league. If you move on from Russell Westbrook, get something in return, find some role players who can actually play well this team can still contend. I don't know if they can win a championship, but this is still a contending team. And then bring Steph Curry in and uh, Luka Doncic, apparently. Well, listen, if you're a Lakers fan, the crazy thing about Lakers fans is they will superimpose that purple and gold jersey on just about any player. <laughs> and God bless them. They've been, I mean, LeBron James is a Laker, and Anthony Davis is a Laker, and Russell Westbrook's a Laker, and Carmelo, I mean, I mean, they are a very crazy fan base, but they've actually um, been right a few times. Yeah. Uh, three games into the year, how worried are you about the Dodgers? You know what? Not too worried. <laughs> I know that this is concerning to be one and two. Julio Urias is going to have to find himself to be the number two starter. The story that no one's going to want to talk about right now, at some point the Dodgers are going to have to make a decision on Trevor Bauer because he's going to get uh, legally, again, I want to stress that, legally cleared, and what do they do with him? Um, and to, to be honest, I really haven't talked to the players within the clubhouse how they feel about him, but if they're in a position where they need a pitcher – and he's been legally cleared, and you have like Deshaun Watson kind of says setting a precedent for good or bad, more bad in my view, obviously. But that'll be a story because they need pitching help. And Urias did not look like a number two starter yesterday. So pitching has been a problem. Defense has been a problem. They will hit. This is the most talented team. Uh, so not concerned yet. Okay. So now that we've gotten through the preliminary stuff that really is – Secondary, inside stuff, page six to the front page of Arash Markazi's life. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty, WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that has been WWE, if you know Arash, I mean, I think I have seen on social media annually since we met the Stanley Cup year of the Golden Knights annually on WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. It's the picture of Arash, mouth wide open, yelling, screaming. I believe it's that. It's a, I mean, this WWE and Arash are synonymous. Oh, listen. I mean, it's it's my uh, personal Super Bowl, and listen. I mean, they have it at a football stadium, and it's a two night event now, not just one. It's yeah. a two night event, and it was at the AT and T Stadium in Dallas. It was packed both nights. It was amazing. Um, I had a blast. I had a fun time. It'll be in Los Angeles next year, SoFi Stadium. 
Money in the Bank in July will be out in Vegas. I'll be out there at Allegiant Stadium. I know WrestleMania is going to for sure come back to Vegas very soon. And as you mentioned, Willie, that picture of me back at WrestleMania 9, outdoor Caesars Palace, <laughs> that was my childhood. I love that. Well, let me just tell you something for the Money in the Bank. I will fur- I will boycott all... <laughs> Further interviews with the Rosh Markazi, I will not speak if the next time you're here and I am told via text, hey, I'm going to be out there all week. Let's grab dinner. Oh, or previously, no. I had the extra ticket <laughs> for Very Uncle busy Paul. Guy. My, Very my, busy my, 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 my running mate, I couldn't get him to, to come to, well, you weren't in town, but had the extra ticket for Uncle Paul at the Smith Center. I know. That's two times now, two occasions, two instances. You're out here, and I'm seeing uh, the joint downtown with the swim play. What is it? The stadium swim. I'm seeing all the good times. <laughs> yes. Swim play. That's got why, no text. That's, why, no you're text. Not in, that's got, why you're not invited. You don't, don't even know, know what the we're doing. You, to get, to get you don't even no, know what we're I, doing for listen, dinner. I apologize because I, I mean, you are Mr. Vegas. And, and Whoa. Really, uh, no, he is. Listen, I'm we go retired. to Piero's. We go to Piero's and, uh, you know, talking about the good old days. And uh, listen, my bad on that. I heard about the injury you had, so I knew that you were recuperating. <laughs> so I, but listen, I, I, I will be out there for the draft. By the way, for whatever reason, my brother is getting married the Sunday of draft weekend. So I will only be there for the first uh, round, but I will be there uh, for not only the uh, draft, but the grand reopening of the Palms. I used to love that place. Look at this guy. Uh, will, just off the record, uh, even though we're on the air, <laughs> uh, <laughs> will the wedding be anywhere close to as fun as a bachelor party? Probably not. Okay. Probably not. That was a very uh, fun um, night and more. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff uh i wanted to talk about winning time we'll do that again in the future it's the best show ever made yeah uh i love it uh even if it's not completely accurate it's fantastic and uh hopefully they'll do a a kobe era or lebron era winning time oh, at some it. point so that arash could be i don't know who's gonna play you but it'll be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> be great amazing. we'll talk to you soon uh arash Marcos, you can check him out obviously on twitter uh check out the morning column what where should people check out that you're doing right now TheMorningColumn.com, uh, the show on uh, the Mightier 1090, and uh, yeah, just having a good time and uh, seeing you guys hopefully in Vegas for the first round of the uh, draft. You can hear it in Vegas, too, somewhere. Just check it out. Uh, yeah, right. The Rosh <laughs> Show. We'll talk to you soon, man. All right, see ya. There you go. Good stuff from him. He'll come, come back, wrap things up, grab bag next. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Wrapping things up on this Monday. Yeah, the Nighthawks have to bounce back from that one. That was ugly. Not not a good performance uh, the other night. Uh, Willie, a good performance, though, by the Bucks, allowing one of their players... To pick up the easiest 300K that you'll ever see. $306,000. Drew Holiday among the starters for the Bucks. They were sitting everybody yesterday. Last game of the year. Didn't need the win. But he needed a game played to get a $306,000 bonus. 
So they told him, all right, go take the court and then foul immediately, get your bonus, and then sit on the bench the rest of the day. And that's what he did. Eight seconds, one foul, $306,000. That's a nice payday. Do you think that if they were not the defending champs and sort of, I, I would imagine, somewhat of a windfall for, for you know, this season being the defending champs, and that they would have considered that? Probably because it's what good organizations do and bad ones do the exact opposite where, you know, a guy's getting close to a bonus and they sit him on the bench. And good organizations, which the Bucks seem to be right now, uh, do things like this and say, hey, 306000 is part of your contract. Here you go. Get out on the floor. And uh, I'm sure that the front office signed off on it, said, hey, we know that this is what he needs. So go ahead and do it. I think it's cool. It's good for them. Yeah, it was a very good gesture. He's deservedly so. Take your hand coming. in there, Dave. <laughs> Sorry, cut you off on the last one. He had no, that's good. We did. Uh, yeah. we did say earlier we would talk about the positives on the weekend for the Knights. The Knights right now at about 41% chance to make the playoffs, according to Money Puck. Tomorrow yeah. is a big, big day. The Golden Knights, of course, play on the road, start a three-game trip through Western Canada at Vancouver, a team that they're very familiar with. They played three times in the last couple of weeks. Um, two wins on the road, one ugly, ugly loss at home that they'll be looking to get back. The Kings on the road tomorrow. If the Knights should win and the Kings should lose tomorrow, they will be even in points, and the Knights will have one extra game to play. They'd have fully caught the Kings. Doesn't mean that they'd be in, but they'd have fully caught them if tomorrow goes the right way. Yeah, I have a story coming out within the hour that oh. I will tweet out. But on, but on their defensemen in the fact that um, defense creates offense with this team, Golden Knights now see they're on a 6-1 and one run. Since March 24th, they rank fourth in the NHL with 4.14 goals per game. They rank second in allowing 2.4, uh, 2.14 goals per contest. And in those seven games, Petrangelo, uh, Alex Petrangelo, Braden McNabb, Shea Theodore tied for fifth on the team with five points. Um, a few of those guys are on pace. They could set some career marks. But here's the interesting thing about this this team of defensemen in, in which Pete DeBoer said today that it, it's kind of good to get them healthier. You want you want to have them healthier. You can afford some forwards before you can afford some defensemen. Heading into this week, the Golden Knights defensemen have 171. They are on pace to register a franchise high 192. The franchise record is 180 in their Stanley Cup run in 2017-18. And among those who have set some records, Shea Theodore is on pace. Petrangelo is on pace. White Cloud's already set a record, which wasn't tough to do for him because it was it's now at 16. <laughs> but getting these guys back has really created the rushes that they need because they're creating turnovers. They're getting out of the zone quicker, creating turnovers in the neutral zone, creating rushes. So by having them healthy, um, it's 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 why they're seeing the offensive surge here of late. Alex, Marti Alex Martinez back on the ice, Braden McNair back on the ice. So um, I, I think it's good that they open this trip in Vancouver because they're, they're obviously going to be teed off from what the Canucks did here. Sure. And so they can build a little bit of, you know, confidence and get an offensive surge going before they head to two tough games. Every game I must win from now on, now out. Uh, you got to try to try to catch the Kings and then pass them make the playoffs that is the goal right now for the golden knights and uh i think make sure you check out willie's story that's coming out as he teased but i think the 
the best indication of how important the defense is over that last seven game span is not how well they've played in the wins. It's how unbelievably horrible that group was in the loss. And that's why they lost because they were so bad in that game. Uh, and when the defense, the defense, which has been a stalwart, which has been so important, plays that badly, the entire team struggles. So that'll do it for us. Check out the show tomorrow. Be back in. Uh, thank you to Zach Blobner from WDAE in Tampa, our path to draft with the Bucks. Also, Arash Markazi and our good friend, John Von Tobel for William Ramirez and Ari. I'm Adam Hill. Talk to you guys soon.